Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 91. It is Friday, March 27, 2020. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and life without baseball sucks. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. Good morning. Happy Friday. Welcome to the second edition of Life in Quarantine, um, the 91st edition of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. Wherever you listen to this, if you could leave us a review, share it, like it, comment, whatever it is that will help us grow, we'd greatly appreciate it. We appreciate everything you guys do for us, honestly, um, because it helps us spread the word and educate more people on what they need to look out for. Also, if you're in a HIPAA-compliant business, a business associate, or a covered entity, go to Facebook in the search, type in Get HIPAA Compliance, join the group. We share stuff in there all the time. You will be educated, and you will be able to further your HIPAA knowledge and protect your patient data. All right, first up on Threat Post, Emerging APT mounts mass iPhone surveillance campaign. The malware, the work of a new APT called Two Sale Junk, allows deep surveillance and total control over iOS devices. A recently discovered mass targeting targeted watering hole campaign has been aiming at Apple iPhone users in Hong Kong infecting website visitors with a newly developed custom surveillance malware. The bad code, the work of a new APT called Two Sale Junk, is delivered via a multi-stage exploit chain that targets iOS vulnerabilities in versions 12.1 and 12.2 of Apple's operating system, according to researchers. If that's not a case to upgrade to 13.4 immediately, I don't know what is. Watering hole campaigns make use of malicious websites that lure visitors in with targeted content. Cyber attackers often post links to that content on discussion boards and on social media to cast a wide net. When visitors click through to a malicious website, background code will then infect them with a malware. In this case, the campaign uses links uses links posted on multiple forums that purport to lead to various news stories that would be of interest to Hong Kong residents. According to a pair of research notes from Kaspersky and Trend Micro, the links lead to both newly created websites set up specifically for this campaign by operators, as well as legitimate sites that have been compromised. In both cases, a hidden iframe is used to load and execute malicious code. That code contains exploits for known and patched Apple iOS vulnerabilities and has an end game of installing a custom proprietary backdoor spyware dubbed Light River by Kaspersky and Light Spy by Trend Micro. Backdoor not only allows remote execution of shell commands, but it also contains a variety of espionage modules. Researchers' names for the backdoor both came come from malware's module manager, which is called Light. So the um, it's it's funny because we hear all the time how secure Apple iOS is, and we're seeing more and more iOS compromises uh, in recent months. So. If you're on iOS 12.1, 12.2, upgrade upgrade immediately. Get off of that version. On Forbes, your social security number costs $4 on the dark web and new report finds. A two-year study reveals the cost of fake passports, compromised bank accounts, and DDoS attacks on the dark web. A new investigation conducted by Atlas VPN based on Flashpoint Intelligence research findings between 2017 and 2019 has uncovered the approximate cost of popular goods and services on the dark web. 
social security numbers despite being widely regarded as outdated and insecure particularly in the wake of a 2018 equifax hack are still used as the primary means of identity verification as with equifax cyber attacks are often targeted at sites that will yield millions of social security numbers at a time allowing cyber criminals to steal in bulk which helps explain the revelation that any individual social security number can retail retail for as little as four dollars on the market and for that low cost, buyers often receive more than just somebody's social security number. According to Flashpoint, services sold on the dark web can be divided into four primary categories. PII, personally identifiable information, stolen financial information, forged documents, and hacker services. For $4, in addition to social security number, PII packages typically include the victim's full name, driver's license number, passport number, and email address. Financial information tends to be slightly more expensive than PI. Atlas VPN found that access to compromised bank accounts with $10,000 balance cost $25. Credit cards with $1,000 to $5,000 balance cost $10. Notably, here a victim's credit score also impacts the price with better scores going for a higher price tax. Good credit score makes it easier for cyber criminals to commit fraud about financial inst- without financial institutions cutting them off. Interestingly, the price also depends on the victim's credit score. The better the score, the higher the rate. Financial institutions View a good credit score favorably, which makes it easier to commit fraudulent transaction. Forged documents command the highest asking price with physical passport prices ranging from $2,980 to $5,000. Meanwhile, the report found that one-hour distributed denial of service attacks in which targeted servers are overwhelmed and effectively shut down cost approximately $165. That cost increases by two to five times when it involves attacking a government or bank website. Um, So that is interesting for sure. Uh, A couple of tips that they give you, be sure to have password on your phone and consider using a PIN to access your account. Be vigilant with Bluetooth, public Wi-Fi, and downloading free apps, all of which can be used to gain access to your phone. Enable two-factor authentication whenever possible with preference toward two-factor authentication apps such as Authy or Google Authenticator rather than SMS text. So a few tips you've probably heard on this podcast before, but there you have it. ZDNet, Apple, iOS, Oh, nope, I already talked about that. Uh, Infosecurity-magazine.com talks about three-quarters of large firms suffered security breach last year. Nearly half, 46% of UK firms, reported suffering a security breach or cyber attack over the past year and increased on previous years, but they are getting better at recovering from and deflecting such blows, according to the government. The annual cybersecurity breaches survey revealed an increase in overall volume of business reporting incidents up from 32%. The number of medium, 68%, and large, 75% business reporting breaches or attacks also jumped from 60 and 61%, respectively. This puts 2020 reports findings in line with the first government analysis in 2017 it claimed. Of those businesses that reported incidents, more experiencing these, these at least three times a week than in 2017, 32% versus 22%. The government also claimed that organizations are experiencing more phishing attacks from 72 to 86 percent, which we've again talked about extensively, whilst fewer are seeing malware from 33 to 16 percent than three years ago. However, the rise in incidents has been offset by a stronger response and resilience, according to reports. Since 2017, the pr- proportion of businesses listing any outcome from an incident had has fallen by 19 percent, and the proportion being negatively impacted has fallen by 18 percent. Cybersecurity is also becoming more of a broad-level issue. 80% of respondents said it's a high priority for their senior management, and 37 said that 
they had board members with a security brief. However, elsewhere, there's still more some way to go. Just 32% reported having cyber insurance. Half, 50% have conducted audits in the past year. 15% have reviewed supply chain risk and only a quarter, 27%, said they reported breaches to anyone beyond their IT security providers. The latter is particularly concerning given the strict reporting requirements of the GDPR. Uh, Redscan CTO Mark Nichols questioned whether malware is really on the wane given new variants of fileless threats that are harder to detect and pointed out another discrepancy in the report's findings. The most concerning thing for me is the significant number of organizations that had been targeted and aren't aware of it. While a significant percentage of businesses identify multiple attacks each week, more than half say they haven't had a single one in 12 months, he argued. Being able to swiftly detect attacks is key to minimizing damage, but many organizations still lack the appropriate controls and deep awareness of what activity to look for. RSA Security UK and Ireland Regional Director Chris Miller argued that supply chain risk assessments could should be carried out through the lens of potential impact on business operations. First, you must identify the most important parts of your business and then focus on protecting them. Ask yourself which data flows in and out of the business, which suppliers have access to that corporate data, where is my most critical data, and who can access it, he said. By taking this approach, you can align your security protocols so you know how much access to grant to and how much trust to place in your suppliers. So that's UK, but I'm sure you're probably fairly similar here in the US, um, with some firms probably not reporting, especially since we don't have GDPR nationwide. Some states have similar laws, but we do not have that nationwide. Bleeping computer, Google warned users of 40,000 state-sponsored attacks in 2019. Google says that it delivered almost 40,000 alerts of state-sponsored phishing or malware hacking attempts to its users during 2019 with a 25% drop when compared to the previous year. One of the reasons behind the notable drop in the number of government-backed hacking incidents is the increasingly effective protection Google sets up to protect its users. Due to the more effective protection, hackers are forced to slow down their attacks and try to adapt their campaigns, which leads to less frequent hacking attempts. Journalists and news outlet impersonations were among the most frequently identified phishing methods used by state-backed hackers during 2019, according to Tony Gidwani, a security engineering manager with Google's Threat Analysis Group. For example, attackers impersonate a journalist to seed false stories with other reporters to spread disinformation, he said. In other cases, attackers will send several benign emails to build a rapport with a journalist or foreign policy expert before sending a malicious attachment in a follow-up email. All advanced protection program uses users protected from phishing. We've yet to see people successfully fish if they participate in Google's advanced protection program, even if they are repeatedly targeted. APP provides the strongest protections available against phishing and account hijacking and is specifically designed for the highest risk accounts. Google's APP program is designed to allow high-risk or regular users to defend their accounts from state-sponsored spear phishing attempts using more secure login procedure than requires them to use smartphones or security keys to verify their identity. APP works by limiting the third-party apps and sites that can get access to users' data by by blocking malicious actors from impersonating the account's owner to take over the account with help of additional identity checks. Google recommends enrolling in APP to anyone at risk of targeted online attacks, including but not limiting to business leaders, journalists, activists, and IT administrators. So that, that's uh, something to think about. Um, 
a drop, but still a significant amount of attacks, 40,000 in 2019 by states, just, just state-sponsored, by the way. Bleeping Computer reports, Ryuk ransomware keeps targeting hospitals during the pandemic. So we haven't heard from Ryuk in a little while. Well, here we go. The Ryuk ransomware operators to continue to target hospitals even as the organizations are overwhelmed during the coronavirus pandemic, which will probably increase the likelihood that they will be successful. Last week, Bleeping Computer contacted various ransomware groups and asked if they would target hospitals and other healthcare organizations during the pandemic. With the amount of strain in healthcare organizations under during this pandemic, I was hoping that ransomware operators would avoid these organizations so they can focus on treating people. Of the seven ransomware operators I contacted, only Maze and Doppelpamer responded that they would no, no longer target hospitals, although that has proven not to be true. Since then, Maze has released the data stolen from a drug testing company that was encrypted before stating they would not target healthcare. They continue to tell Bleeping Computer that they will not encrypt hospitals or other healthcare organizations during a pandemic. Ryuk never responded and continues to target hospitals. One of the ransomware operators operations we contacted was Ryuk, who never responded to our question. Since then, Bleeping Computer has lean, learned that Ryuk continues to target hospitals even while they are struggling to keep people alive during the coronavirus pandemic. For example, just this morning, Peter M. of Sophos tweeted that a U.S. healthcare provider was attacked and encrypted overnight by Ryuk. When asked if there were any indicators of compromise that could be shared, he stated it looked like they were like every other Ryuk attack. Looks like a typical Ryuk attack at the moment. They deployed the ransomware with, with PS exec. PM Peter M. stated in a conversation with Vitaly Kremez, head of Sentinel-1's research division, over the last past month, he has seen Ryuk targeting 10 healthcare organizations. Of these 10 targets, two are independent hospitals, and another is a healthcare network of nine hospitals in the USA. Not only has their healthcare targeting not stopped, but we also have seen a continuous trend of exploiting healthcare organizations in the middle of the global pandemic. While some extortionist groups at least acknowledged or engaged in the discourse of stopping healthcare extortionists, the Ryuk operators remain silent, pursuing healthcare targeting. Even in light of our call to stop, Kremes told Bleeping Computer. Bleeping Computer was informed that one of the hospitals is located in a state that is being heavily affected by the coronavirus at this time. So then there was a down to probably New York, California, maybe Louisiana at this point. At any time, but even more so now, encrypting a hospital's data not only affects the ability of a doctor to carry out their job, but also whether a patient may live or die. With everything our medical professionals are dealing with around the world, all people, including ransomware actors, need to give them space to do their jobs rather than hindering it. Um, Philippine Computer reports new Windows 10 bug causes internet connectivity issues fixed in April. So all supported Windows 10 and Windows Server versions are affected by a new bug that could cause applications to be unable to connect to the internet. According to a new post by Microsoft, when Windows user is using a manual or auto-configured proxy, they may have issues connecting to the internet with applications that utilize the WinHttp or WinInet Windows networking APIs. This bug has a greater chance of affecting VPN users. So at a time when we should be increasing VPN, we now have a problem where VPN might decrease your connectivity. And they're not looking for a fix probably till patch Tuesday in April, which I believe was April 12th. Uh, Bleep a computer, Chubb, cyber insurer, allegedly hit by May's ransomware attack. 
Cyber insurer Giant Chubb is allegedly the latest ransomware victim, according to the operators of the Maze Ransomware, who claim to have encrypted the company in March of 2020. Chubb is one of the leading insurance carriers in the world with an extensive line of cyber insurance products that include incident response, forensics, legal teams, and even public relations. Ransomware is not unknown to Chubb as in their 2019 Cyber InFocus report, Chubb explains that malware-related claims have risen by 18% in 2019, with ransomware being responsible for 40% of the manufacturers' cyber claims and 23% of the cyber claims for small business. In a new entry on their Maze News site, the ransomware operators claim to have encrypted devices on Chubb's network on March of 2020. As part of these attacks, the Maze operators will steal a company's files before encrypting their network. These stolen files will then be used as leverage by threatening to publicly release if a ransom is not paid. Since then, other ransomware operators such as Revel, Doppelpamer, and Klopp have also begun to adopt this extortion tactic. After encrypting victims, Maze will, cre will create an entry on their news site as a warning to the victim that if they do not pay, their data will be published. If a victim does not pay, the operators publish an increasingly larger amount of stolen data until it is released. Maze has not published any of the allegedly stolen data, but have included the email addresses of executives such as CEO Evan Greenberg, COO John Kouf, and Vice Chairman John Dupica. This information, though, should not be considered proof of encryption as the emails are readily available on the public websites. So that, um, while Chubb states that their network has not been compromised, cybersecurity intelligence firm Bad Packets has stated that the company has numerous Citrix ADC NetScaler servers that are vulnerable to the CVE 2019-19871, which we've talked about the, um, just recently that those are being exploited, actively exploited at this point. Um, Phobos Group's Dan Tentler also tweeted that Chubb has a remote desktop server publicly accessible from the internet, which is a huge security risk, which I just talked about earlier. According to the FBI, RDP is still 70 to 80% of the initial foothold that ransomware actors use. Um, the, so it's interesting to me, and, and I, this is going to be a story I'm going to follow because what we're seeing here is somebody that sells cyber liability insurance has been hit, most likely. Uh, and it will be interesting to see how they respond to that, both publicly and to the ransomware attackers. Naked security by Sophos. Watch out, scummy scammers target home deliveries. If you're sitting at home right now sheltering from the coronavirus pandemic, and there's a good chance you are, then you're probably either thinking about a home delivery or waiting for one. In the UK, for example, even people who have no symptoms of the virus and who haven't been in contact with anyone who's affected have been instructed to make their shopping outings as infrequent as possible. Indeed, many stores considered non-essential have been forced to shut, including electronic shops. So the new HDMI cable or the replacement mouse you need for working from home may only be available online. So with home delivery companies seriously stretched and long shipment times, we suspect that lots of people will be anxiously waiting and watching their phones for text messages like this one. So there's a picture of a, a smishing text message. Greetings, please confirm your shipment cannot be sent from this location. So I've gotten those. I've been getting those for, for a long time. And... Um, the idea here is don't click on it. The URL in this case is a short domain name with a brief coded sequence of letters and numbers, but it's going to lead you to a phishing website. I'm sure um, the point being, let's not fall for those types of things. And here's some tips. Don't be fooled just because you're expecting a delivery. Treat delivery SMSs as notifications instead of links. Check the URL in the address bar. Use a third-party security product on your phone and report compromised cards immediately. 
uh, if you if you order from Amazon, just go to the Amazon app or the Amazon website and check. If you order from other vendors, then check those vendors' websites directly instead of clicking on any links. If you could track through FedEx, UPS, or whoever the delivery person is or Amazon, then do that. Not click on links in your text or email. That is going to do it for the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. Until Monday, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay secure.